Welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'd like to feature my conversation with Tom Duffy. Tom is an Executive MBA Format student in our class of 2020, and he is also a section representative for his class. And Tom and I recently sat down to talk a little bit more about how he decided to pursue an MBA, what led him to Darden, why he selected a program in the Washington, D.C. area since he's based in Boston, uh, what he's enjoyed about the program so far, how it's impacted his work, and perhaps uh, most interestingly, uh, why he decided to become a section representative. So I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Tom Duffy. Tom, welcome to the podcast. Brad, thanks for having me. Really excited to be here today. So uh, for our listeners at home, we start all these podcasts the same way. Tell us a little bit more about you. Uh, Who are you? What's your background? What do you do? Yeah, great. Happy to start there. And again, uh, for those of you listening, my name is Tom Duffy. And uh, as a quick background about myself academically and professionally, uh, I grew up and still live in the great state of Massachusetts. Uh, Completed my undergrad at Colby College, where I graduated in 2012 with a major in economics and uh, a minor in business administration. So uh, I'm fortunate to say that I really thoroughly enjoyed my time there uh, academically because I was able to focus on economics and finance, which was uh, my main areas of interest. But I was uh, also able to experience a, a holistic integrated curriculum, much like uh, what we have here at Darden, which gave me a background in many different areas that I wouldn't have experienced otherwise. So that was great. Uh, After graduation, I got my foot in the door in a large multinational industry-leading finance company, and I've been there for the last eight years now. Uh, During this time frame, I've worked my way up through the company to my existing position where I am now. Uh, on the institutional sales and service team, which handles the investment relationships for uh, our company's largest institutional clientele, including pension plans, 401ks, endowments, and foundations. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of my uh, my firm. They're strong supporters of me and my career path, so I'm really fortunate there. Uh, And they were really a key player in helping me choose to pursue the MBA path. So yeah, we get questions from prospective students all the time about approaching uh, the conversation with their boss, supervisor, about, I'm thinking about going back to school, you know, I want to pursue an MBA. Um, how did those conversations go? You know, how did, what was your approach? Yeah, and, and, and Brett, if, there, if there's one thing I've learned from my time of being in the finance industry, it's that change is the only constant. I've been told that since day one at my current firm. Uh, and that change can really derail people if, if you're not ready for it. So I've always felt that the best way to stay a step ahead of that change is uh, to always be prepared. Uh, and that can be accomplished through a number of different ways. But in the way I've done it through my time at, at work is through continued education and building and, and strengthening skill sets. So before I even worked to a point where I felt comfortable going to my employer to get to this point, I had to do some background work on my end. So I'll give you a couple quick examples of that. For, for instance, in my first role in the industry, uh, I was a financial advisor at my current firm. And the best way to earn my client's trust and my employer's trust at that point in time uh, was to become a certified financial planner. Uh, so I went through a number of years of education and learning to earn that designation. Uh, And then over the past three years, I've taken on more investment and quant-heavy roles. And to make sure 
I've been able to be successful there with my client and my employer. I started with the Chartered Financial Analyst designation, uh, which took a lot of time and effort. I was able to pass uh, two years ago now. And, and what that showed my employer is that I was serious, I wanted to be there, and I knew what I was doing. Uh, and once I felt comfortable with the background I had put together, uh, I felt really good about going to my employer uh, and saying, at this point in time, with these skill sets that I've been able to build through these designations and through my past learning, uh, I'm right now able to successfully accomplish my roles and responsibilities. I can lead the groups and initiatives and projects that I'm working on. But the one thing that really will help put this all together uh, in my mind, was an MBA program where you can get that leadership aspect that you don't get through um, the book work and, and, and sitting in the classroom in undergrad. The MBA was really going to put it all together for me, and, and that's when I felt comfortable going to my employer. So how did Darden get on your radar? You mentioned you spent, you know, obviously from Massachusetts, you know, still live there, um, you know, the D.C. area. It's a little ways away. Uh, how did you get interested in, in Darden? Yeah, that's that's a question I get asked quite a bit coming from the, the Northeast. There's about 100 different schools right in my backyard that I could have considered. So people say, why on earth are you getting on a plane to go down to Virginia to, to do this? And, and there's a couple of key reasons that I'll go through. And and really the key benefits that pointed me in this direction um, were – there were three of them. First, the people. Second, uh, the case method format. And, and third, the flexibility of the overall – uh, format and the school itself. And, and I'll just quickly walk through each of those for you. Um, so starting with the people, I am a huge believer and a huge advocate for the power uh, of a network. Uh, the reason being, every single job or interview that I've been involved with has been a direct result of either networking, um, connecting, or recommendations from uh, Colby College, uh, where I did my undergrad, or direct net network outside of that. So not saying I haven't been deserving or ready for each of my roles or positions that I've gotten, but getting your foot in the door is really the most important part of any discussion, and that's what a network can do for you. And when I started to look at MBA programs, from all my research and conversations with alumni, uh, I've learned that the people are, are really what makes Darden the best. And and you told me that on one of our initial uh, conversations over a year and a half ago, which is crazy to think about. But these people, they, they care deeply about the success of not only themselves, uh, but also their peers. Uh, and when you think about it, there are over, I think the last time I looked, 15,000 Darden alumni across the globe and in 90 or so different countries. And if that doesn't seal the deal, then I, I don't know what will for you. So that's number one. That's the people. Um, the second main benefit was the case method, which not every MBA or EMBA focuses on. Um, what's most important to me is not what we learn in class, but really how you learn it, the method you learn it by. And one of the best ways to learn, in my mind, is through simulating a real-world environment like you do through Darden's case method, really mirroring the way business is actually done. Myself, personally, and not everybody's the same as, as, as us, but I learn the best by rolling up my sleeves, getting involved, and participating as much as possible. 
Uh, and with Darden, the case method format not only forces you to constantly be prepared, but it's it's giving you that real life scenarios of, of where we can analyze and explore past situations. And, and you learn from that. Uh, and clearly, Darden's doing this method right uh, as they're consistently ranked one of the best business schools in the world by by various organizations. Um, and the third key benefit, I would say, after people and the case method, um, the third thing that comes to mind was, was the flexibility. A lot of executive MBA programs out there, uh, as you know, meet some of them meet every other weekend on Fridays and Saturdays, which is, is quite difficult. It's a lot of time out of the office. Uh, but with the monthly residencies at Darden and online classes throughout the weeks, uh, this schedule is is really ideal for my demanding work and, and life balance schedule. Uh, and, and I urge you, if you have to travel a long distance to get here, uh, it is absolutely worth it. Uh, everyone in my family and, and from my office back home, they, they say, again, why on earth are you traveling down to Virginia when you have so much in your backyard in Boston? And, and I turn and ask them, I'll put it back on them, I'll say, how many top 10 to 15 schools do you know in New England that allow this flexibility, access, and network that Darden has? Uh, and the answer is zero. There, this was a no-brainer to me, and uh, it's part of the reason why Darden was the only school I applied to, Brett. And it's worth noting, I mean, the thing that, that we, we thought a lot about the traveler experience, right? So uh, we like having a lot of geographic diversity in the classroom. We've ranged over the past few years from as as many as 17 states uh, represented to uh, the 13 states with the most recent class, the class of 2021, uh, countries including Fiji, Indonesia, Peru, Costa Rica, Saudi Arabia. Um, and so we've been thinking a lot about the traveler experience. And now uh, for the class uh, 2021 and class of 2022, uh, Friday classes will start at noon. Um, and uh, we've had already one weekend residency of that. It feels very, very kind of laid back on that first Friday for that you know morning. People trickle in uh, some before uh, in nine, ten o'clock, and start doing a little bit of work to get ready. Others come, you know, eleven thirty. There's a meal, and then you jump right into class class at noon. And Sunday you wrap up around three, which. I think if you're flying in, that's uh, that's manageable. You can fly in the morning of. Uh, how many flights are there from Boston to uh, DCA or IAD in the morning? It's, it's constantly. And it looks like apparently I joined the program one year too early with this <laughs> class starting at noon now. I didn't even know that. So uh, good, good for you, all the people looking to apply in the future. That's that's a, an excellent situation. Yeah. So, um, so, Tom, we talked a little bit about you know, why MBA, why Darden, uh, one of the things you cited was the case method. And I get asked this question all the time by prospective students because the case method, you just look at that. What does it, what does it actually mean? What does it entail? Um, so how do you explain it to people at work who may be less familiar uh, with the case method? Like what, what is that, Tom? Yeah, the, the best way to explain it is that instead of sitting in a class and being lectured to for a full hour, hour and a half, or however long, um, the class is, you go home and, and you read a, a case. You read something about what actually happened in real life, a, a real story that happened in the past. Um, they mix in some specifics of what you're learning in that class. And from there, you have to make a decision by yourself or as a team saying, what would I do if I were this particular person in the case 
uh, given the case facts that were given to me. Uh, and you share ideas in the class. And, and the big benefit of this particular method is that you learn from the students in the class. It's not just being lectured to, you're learning from each other. A, a huge portion of our grades in classes are, are class participation. So it, it, it forces you to be prepared. It forces you to have an opinion. Uh, and it also just helps you learn from, I, I learn more from my classmates than you can say, uh, even from a professor, let's say, because somebody might have been through this exact same situation and they can explain not only what they would do, but what they did do in the past. And then at the end of the case, the professor will say, oh, great, well, there's no right or wrong answer. Here's what actually did happen uh, in real life. Really interesting to hear all your different scenarios because you really could have taken any of those options. And it helps give you this global mindset that you might not have had before. And it helps you um, think across all these different industries that you might not have experience in. Myself, I've only worked in um, finance. And even when I'm taking a, a finance class here at Darden, you learn about all different industries within the case method that might have to do with that topic. So it's, it's really interesting to me. It's part of the reason I sought out programs specifically that have this method. Um, and, and from everything I heard through the research process, Darden, Darden's really the, the best or right up there. And it's, it's, it's definitely proven true in my time here. One of the things that I think that's interesting about the case method is it allows you to sort of practice the application of, of technical concepts while developing what are, I think, unfairly labeled soft skills, but nevertheless, your communication ability, your, your executive presence, you know, how, how you think about, about problems, uh, which is obviously analytical in nature, but it is also uh, something that may require some empathy, right, for how other people see uh, a problem. I'm curious, you know, how you feel, um, you feel that's been true with your experience? Uh, do you feel like you've gotten stronger at these things as, as you've had an opportunity to exercise some of these muscles? In no, class? Absolutely. And that's going back to one of your first questions about how and when and why I decided to approach my um, managers and, and, and colleagues at my current company about going to achieve an MBA was that, hey, I've got all these these hard skills, these technical background skills, what I really want to tie this all together um, is leadership skills and, and the soft skills, as you had mentioned, which you can't read from a book and you can't learn from just being lectured to um, in a class. When you consider these different cases you're reviewing, you, you really think of it down to a personal level. You, you realize how much tremendous pressure these people were under in the cases that you're reading and you realize the time constraints they're under and and the results that could come from it and it, and it blows your mind that they had to do this and it, it's stressful for you doing it in class because you're like I can only imagine being in that situation this this is really difficult so I have learned a ton from this method it's, it's been really beneficial so far the thing that I always stress uh, with prospective students is that the way that the case method works and certainly being in class is you, your perspective, um, not just how you think about problems, but you, you become a little bit less certain about how you think about things. Um, it's one of these, uh, the, the more you learn, the less you know uh, type, type deals where uh, you start to see how many different ways there are to look at a problem and how many different perspectives you know, there are on any particular thing. And uh, so that might be humility. Uh, uh, that might just be uh, being a more mindful leader. Um, has that been your experience? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's one of the other key benefits of 
the case method. You can't just come to class prepared with one point of view. You have to think of, of all different options because the conversation is going to go in any one direction and you have to be ready to participate whichever direction it, it goes into. You don't want to interrupt the train of thought and, and start a whole new uh, perspective on your end. You have to be totally considering what everybody else is thinking and be prepared for that as well. So that's another one of the huge benefits is there's so much preparation that goes into it. It's it's really fun uh, and it allows you to, to work so much with, with other groups. You have to learn to rely on people, work together as a team, um, hear different perspectives from your learning teams and, and come into class ready to go. So it, it keeps you awake and it keeps you excited in class. So one of the questions I ask everybody that comes on the podcast is, how do you do it? How do you balance school and life and work? Um, you noted that you know you have a have a full life uh, at work, outside of work. Um, you travel you know, from the Boston area to uh, Washington D.C. area for your once a month weekend residencies. You obviously came to Charlottesville too at the beginning of, of the program for LR One. Um, you have work, you have online classes, you have work in between the residencies. How, how are you juggling it all? Yeah, and, and the answer to that question is going to be different with, with literally every person you ask, I, I, I'm sure. And my, my own answer has changed dramatically over uh, the, the, the year I've been in this program. It started off one way and it's evolved over time. Um, I've talked to so many people and, and a lot of us are on the same page where we come into this program. We're all leaders from our, our current companies or past positions and we're all um, the, the best, if not the top, at what we do in these specific positions. So we come in wanting to be like that in the program as well and reading every single word of every case and being ready to go and having every answer um, decided on your own, on time, etc. And you can do that for a certain amount of time, but you're going to end up missing out on um, really the key aspects of the program, which is um, making friends, making relationships, and, and building out that network. So uh, you can do that, but what I say and what I've learned over time is, is you're going to have to rely a lot on your learning team. Um, you get assigned with a group of five or six other people um, in the first uh, learning residency uh, in August when we showed up on campus, and, and they ended up being um, some of my closest friends that I, I worked with pretty much every day for the first couple months at Darden. Uh, and what this team does uh, is, is it gives you someone to rely on. We're all coming from different industries in these learning groups. They did a great job of assigning us and, and making sure you had one person with the finance background, one person from um, healthcare, someone with a tech background. So we were all coming from somewhere else with different things that we really specialized in. Um, so when we went into different classes, I was able to jump on the finance stuff. Someone was able to jump on the marketing stuff. And then once or twice a week, we would report out together and say, hey, based on my experience, this is what I think is uh, the best answer or the right path to go down. So let, let's go this route. And it, it's really great having that group to rely on. And, and that's something you have to consider. Absolutely. So uh, what's your learning team's approach to uh, managing the work? Uh, I've had... I've had a few different people share their sort of learning team strategies, and they're all a little bit different. Do you all divide and conquer? Every person is sort of first chair for a case and sort of report back to the group. How, how, how do you do it? Yeah, we, we take a divide and conquer approach. So at the beginning of every quarter, 
our group gets together. We have one quick conversation at the beginning of the quarter where we have an Excel sheet that lists out every class that we're going to take over the next two months for that quarter. Um, and we each sign up for one to two case that we're going to be the lead person on. And we each sign up for one to two case that we're going to be the backup person on. Um, and then throughout those two months, we'll meet every Monday or every Tuesday, whatever night works best for the group. And we'll spend maybe two hours as just a team. And the person who's the lead of that particular case for the next class that week or the on-ground residency, they'll spend 30 minutes going through, giving a debrief of what the case was about, going through their proposed answers um, and things that still need to be worked on. That's just step one of the process. That's them getting that specific case underway for the team. And then from there, you can do with it what you want. Um, I suggest taking what your teammate has, the, the lead teammate on that specific case, reviewing it, and then compare it to what you would have recommended or proposed on the case when you read it as well. Um, but other people have different approaches. So that's what we do. It's been really, really helpful for us. And um, again, it would be tough to make it this far without having that good group of people to rely on. One of the things some of your classmates, classmates have also noted is uh, that you kind of have to be comfortable with letting go of some stuff uh, to sort of maintain some balance in the, in the program. You can't do everything all the time. I think you were kind of hinting at this. Um, you have to develop the filter of like what's enough um, to be prepared for class and what's overkill. Um, you ha have to also uh, be willing to accept maybe you're not going to be 100% perfect in all parts of your life at all times. Um, and you have to let other people help you. Uh, has that been your, your experience? Yeah, I guess letting go. I've definitely let go of going to the gym, unfortunately. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, you have to have a, a balance. You can't just be specific 100% school or 100% work or 100% um, life balance. You have to find a, a good balance in between. And so many of us, when we come in here, have this perfectionist mentality where we want to do 100% of everything, be the top of the class and get everything done and, and have it perfect. Um, and one of the best takeaways I've had from this is that you don't have to be perfect at everything. There is a level where you can um, kind of compensate and make sure everything is balanced and you have enough time to do everything. So you don't have to have everything 100% prepared. You can be in class having done, let's say, 80% of an assignment and you can learn on the go, think of things and, and things will just pop into your mind as you listen to your classmates um, talk and share other ideas. So there, there's always ways to participate. There's always ways to do well in the class and you don't always have to do 100% of, of everything. So there are ways to, to get through it. So Tom, you are obviously someone with a, with a very full plate. Uh, we've talked a little bit about how you balance, you know, all these things. Um, you also took on a leadership role within your class. You are a section representative. Uh, we've had some of the community reps for, for your section on. Uh, we've had various club leaders. Uh, but section rep is another way that students can serve the class and, and be a leader and put into practice some of the things uh, that they're learning in class and have an impact on the program. Uh, what is a section rep? What does this role responsibility entail? Yeah, definitely. This was something I was uh, really immediately drawn to when we first stepped onto campus back 
um, in August during our first leader, um, leadership residency. Uh, and I actually mentioned this in my speech to the class when we were holding elections for the section rep. Uh, and the way I think about it is that uh, the biggest asset we can take away from this program uh, is each other. Not what you learn in class, whether it's marketing or finance or abroad, uh, but your classmates. Your classmates are what will be the most important part when you leave this program. Uh, the Darden Network is, is already one of the most powerful in the country, so whatever I can do to help make that even stronger uh, was worth it in my eyes, and that's why I had initially applied for uh, this position. Uh, now, the goal of the section reps, really the responsibility that we have, uh, is to make sure that every voice in the class is, is heard. Um, so what can we be doing better? What needs to change? How can folks be more flexible? Uh, and what can we do to work together to just have a, a better overall Darden experience for everybody? And, and it's really been a great experience so far. Well, obviously, we appreciate everything that you're doing for your classmates. On behalf of your classmates, uh, one of the things that we stress with prospective students is that this is a community. Uh, it is not just you know a group of people who are here to get an MBA. Uh, certainly that's part of it, uh, but that's not the whole story. Uh, we are looking for students who want to be integrated, engaged, involved members of the executive MBA program. And, um, you know, section reps, a good example, you know, if this was just a transactional MBA, uh, program, uh, I'm not sure we would need, you know, section reps if we were just focused on, uh, yeah, you're going to get the education and move on. Is it really important to give students that much of a voice um, or that much ownership or that much of a stake in the leadership of the program? But it's Darden. That's obviously an important, important thing here. And, and community's huge. That's what I, I realized when I was was researching. It's, it's not you, you don't just come down here to sit in class and, and, and learn and, and, and stare at a chalkboard all day. There's there's stuff going on every day before and after classes. There's there's always dinners with the whole class. There's different events, whether we're going to a ballpark or a concert or, or, or whatever it may be. The, the, the group is always together. It's In my mind, I, I think of it as like almost my little vacation when I come down here. It's, it's busy the whole time I'm here 24-7, and you're doing a ton of work, but I have so much fun while I'm doing it, and it's, it's just such a great time being with the people the professors and the administrative team, it, it's, it's just an awesome time. So it's, it's really worth it. So you got a few months left in the program. Uh, we're recording this in the second residency of quarter seven or what's known in the program as uh, 7.2. Um, you've got three quarters left. Uh, two of those are elective quarters. Uh, what are you looking forward to accomplishing? What, what gets you excited when you think about your sort of remaining six months here at Darden? When I think of the rest of my time at Darden, the biggest thing that comes to my mind is making better relationships with the people I might not have had time to do that with so far. There's a good group of people I've formed some great relationships with who I think will be some of my best friends uh, moving forward in life. And there's there's so many people that have different schedules, whether they're on different uh, abroad routines or um, right now, I know this is the last year of it, but in the Charlottesville cohort, we don't, we haven't seen them as much. We do integrate and get involved on certain weekends, but there are still people I want to um, get in front of, build better relationships, and, and and have them in my network moving forward because 
again, that's going to be the most important part coming out of here. And then um, just some of the classes we have during elective periods, everything so far has been a lot of our, our core classes, which, which have been great. I've loved them all. Um, but the electives I've signed up for, I'm, I'm really excited for because it, it allows you to give a little tilt towards what interests you the most uh, and what you want to get out of it. So I've, I've signed up for some great finance and investing classes, as well as the Executive Student Investment Fund, which I'm really excited to be a part of uh, in the last couple quarters here. So a lot of good times to come. So how do you think uh, the program has impacted you? Um, we've talked about some of some, a few different things here. Um, if you had to say, you know, I've, I've come to Darden and this is how I, I, this is what I really think the value has been to me and my, my work life and sort of how I think about, about business or maybe just what kind of person I am. Uh, what's been the impact? One of the biggest impacts I've noticed so far, Brett, is that, again, we all come from a specific business where we're either the leader, the manager, or, or the top of the industry in what you're doing. And you put us all in the classroom and we're all in that specific scenario. So it really teaches you to work with people that have that same um, go-getter attitude and the same mentality that you have to be the best at what you do. And, and you can learn to work in, in groups like that. And if you work together, you can achieve a lot more than you could do if you were on your own. Um, even from this uh, most recent course I'm taking in, in negotiations, I wish I took it years ago and before I bought a, a house last weekend, it would have been very helpful to know uh, some of these skills that we've been learning about. But um, learning to collaborate as, as a team, um, to negotiate uh, and find a good balance has been key. And, and I'll just mention that one more time, that whole team aspect, everything you do here is so team oriented um, from the learning teams that you're on from the very beginning to the in-class exercises to the simulations that you do as a group. There are a lot of group projects that you do even when you're not here in person uh, or on the web chatting with each other and, and doing different videos and there's always different ways to connect as a group and it, and it really tests you as a person. Uh, you're not always going to get things the way you want, but you can learn to find the good middle ground uh, to make sure you're successful. Well, Tom, I asked the same wrap-up question, I think, of pretty much every student guest on, on the podcast. Um, but what's one piece of advice that you would have for prospective students? Uh, something that they should keep in mind as they, as they think about this next step in their career, as they think about when it comes to Darden, really. What, what advice would you share? The best advice I would give is that it's really never too early to apply. I doubted myself personally when I was looking at executive MBA programs because at the time I only had seven years of uh, industry experience uh, when the average was a lot higher than that or just a little bit higher. The average age was much older than I was. Um, but you'll never know unless you take the time to research it. Schedule the time to talk with people like 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 you, Brett. One of our first conversations um, we had, you were so open. You listened to my story. You had good feedback and, and said there, there's always a chance. It's, it's worth looking into. Um, so, so make that happen. Talk with any of us current students. We're all more than happy to connect and talk about our time uh, and, and network. It, it's always worth looking into. And again, you, you're never going to know unless you take that step to give it a try. Yeah. Come for a class visit. I think that's as empowering as anything else. Um, I think one of the reasons why class visits are so impactful um, 
is that you get there, you get to see what the culture is like, how the students relate to each other, how the faculty relate to students, uh, what the learning environment is like. You get to see the case method on display, and then you get to meet current students and have conversations with them. And I, I think um, for most prospective students, they realize that everything that they're worried about or that's on their mind or that they feel insecure about, a lot of other people feel that exact same way. You know, am I qualified enough? Am I at the right time of my career? Is is this just the right time period? Um, how do I know if this is the right program or if an MBA is the right fit for me? I mean, these are all questions that people ask um, in, a, in a class visit or a phone call or we'll be doing a networking uh, dinner up in Boston. Uh, we're doing a series of networking dinners at this fall all, all across across the U.S., a variety of markets. And, uh, you know, just, you know, engage, have these conversations because you'll find all sorts of unique insights the more conversations you have. And that'll, that'll kind of also help you take some steps along that path. Well, Tom, thank you for taking time out of your Friday evening. Uh, I know this has been a, been a full day of class for you. Um, it's always a pleasure. And, uh, you know, thank, we'll see you again in Boston uh, in great. a few weeks. I'm very excited next month. Anybody who's in Boston, please make the trip. It's, it's, it's going to be a great time. And, and again, keep in mind. <clears throat> no matter how far you are, it, it's worth the trip. It, it's an amazing spot. It's easy to get to, uh, and you'll get a ton out of it. So thank you for the time, Brett, and have a great day. And that was my conversation with Tom Duffy, an executive MBA format student in our class of 2020. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA, at darden.virginia.edu. Until next time, thanks for listening.